old man. I am calling into the Chud podcast to tell you I am on vacation this week. It turns out I fathered a little rat fuck during the Great War. I hope his eyes are round. So have a pleasant show. I really don't give a fat goddamn. Peace. Halt. gentlemen the moment you've all been waiting for is where we pull random films off the shelves and discuss them it, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to Nick shows. I'd like to say you're welcome in advance to the listeners whatever you do do not pull out Ronan Mission to Mars isn't that <laughs> fucking great we wanted to talk about this from the De Palma thing Mission right. to Mars Justin it's a great good Steve great failure Mission to Mars crap Okay, that was fun. What's better? What's better, Red Planet or Mission to Mars? Mission to Mars is better. And Red, no, better? Red Planet. Red Planet's better. more accessible. Red Planet's not good, but it's better. Red Planet is a light film. Mission to Mars had ambition out the ass. It just didn't work. Mission to Mars had the politically correct ending. What was it, that? It had it had the three representatives, the, the, three uh, human race the representatives. alien. It had uh, the black guy. It had the white male, and it had the Asian woman. So you've got the three. These are all people. Which is a light it's, it's called These the are called human beings. They represent humanity. What's a, what's they also a, represent the three main races. You said it was a, which was a light film? Horseshit. I thought Red Planet was just a, like, a, like an action flick. You know what's a light show? What? Um, growing Pains. Shit, or Who's the Boss? Who was, the, who was Judith Light Judith on? Light was in Growing Pains. Fuck. All right, good. When a joke dies. Joke. It so dies because I got, I got nervous then. I thought I maybe she was on Growing Pains or uh, Who's the Boss? Who was on Who's the Boss? Tony and Lisa Milano? No, but the woman, Ma- Ma- the older lady. Oh yeah. Mar- Helmand, Catherine Helmand, from uh, Time. No, Bandits. no, no. But who was? Where's Judith Light? She, Judith Light was the main chick on Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. She wasn't in Growing Pains. The though. joke still went to hell. Submission it to did, Mars. but submission to Mars. I played chicken with my own joke, and Get I dodged your ass the last to Mars. Minute. Mission well, to Mars is not joke. a good film. Isn't Mission to Mars one where, where uh, what's his name? Tim uh, Robbins dies in slow motion. Tim Robbins like floats out into space and then. Becomes ice. It kind of had like the shot of being like a new 2001, and then at the end they just they put like some. Remember they had a commu- computer. It like, ended up being like 412. Yeah, it was bad. Who's all in it though? Like I can't remember. Tim Gary Robbins. Gary Sinise. The other guy. Who's the woman? Don Cheadle. Oh, the cute girl. Gal- Gladiator. Connie girl. Nielsen. Connie yeah, Nielsen. she's cute. And then wasn't uh, Kathleen Quinlan in it? Oh, I hope she was in Event yeah, Horizon. I think she was. She's sweet. And um, I bet you her juice is still sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the question is where it's where is it coming from at this point i don't care if it's coming from her shoulders sweet and hot shoulder juice <laughs> she's definitely leaking something though she's it's about like, 68 it's, it's a now. bad film next don shadel jerry o'connell kim delaney Jerry O'Connell. That's a it. bland cast. God, John. Do you remember that shot though of Jerry O'Connell walking up the circle? That big De Palma shot. That was his big cir- yeah. the circle. Shot. What was the What was the alien creature at the end? Mina Savari. That's right. Yeah. Mina Savari shows up and says, "You are now great." But you're not. And she said, "Why did you have to bring a black guy?" <laughs> what, what's with the black guy and the Asian chick? Who dies in it? Does Cheadle die? Tim no. Robbins. Tim Robbins takes the loss. You know what sucks? I hate I hate when they arrive on Mars and, and there's like feral Don Cheadle. He's like he's been in the oh, horticulture yeah, yeah. town. The beard. Don't they enter the face on Mars, like the the, uh, the mythical face on Mars? Like you know, remember the, the NASA one of the NASA probes took a picture of the supposed <laughs> the best. face so on Mars, Mars, right? So not nearly as exciting as the wrist on Jupiter. <laughs> so apparently, in this film, they enter 
like the face on Mars, and they go in there, and Mina Savari's the alien creature. Why do you keep saying Mina Savari? Because the alien looks like her. Yeah. It looks exactly. like It's her. not her though, right? No, it's not her. But it's it a looks better exactly version of like her. her. She's a good-looking alien, then. No, she's not. She's I think I think she's kind of a cute woman. She's. I can't believe her career has managed to sustain herself. No, it she's, died. She was. The I think she's probably the best part of American Beauty Here's besides the next film. The Musketeer. The Prophecy. Not have not we barrel. have we done this? Was this I don't think so. Walken? Maybe we did. Yeah. My first. The first time I fell in love with Viggo Mortensen. He plays. Oh, he was so creepy Satan. in that. We've right. talked about his scene in that before. Yep, that's a creepy scene. He plays uh, Lucifer. Yep. But also, it's uh, Elias Cotes is the lead in that, which is great. Uh, uh, William McNamara is a big no. fan of this because the director is Gregory White. Cotes is the cop who used to be the priest. Yeah, is that how that works? Yeah. yeah. Virginia Madsen's our star. Not Madsen. Eric Stoltz gets his face no, I burned, Co- burned I away. Cotes is pretty much a star. I guess they're well, Virginia Madsen's a star because her kid's the one that. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's a uh, really, it's a very ambitious movie, and uh, it, it may not be perfect, but you see a lot of great stuff in there. It, is point? it one or two that Glenn Danzig is in? It's not one. It, so I it think, must be two. Yeah, it's two. It, he shows up in the beginning and like threatens whoever I guess the Eric, whoever the Eric Stoltz character is supposed to be in whichever one, and then gets his ass whooped. Well, that's Danzig, Gabriel, or something. No, he was Gabriel. Chris oh, Walker Chris Rock is Gabriel. Gabriel, but okay. Right. Yeah, Eric Stoltz makes it halfway through the first he one. He gets I think. his face burned away. Yeah, right. he's but. good. You know, and Walker is great in the movie. And uh, Adam Goldberg played like the the zombie yeah, his, guy. He's like his familiar, or whatever. And then uh, Amanda well, Plummer. Yeah, he he was the first one. And Amanda then, Plummer. And then he tries to upgrade to Amanda Plummer. But you know that movie is a lot of fun. It's Oops. a really <laughs> fucked up movie, and it's a lot of fun. Like it's, a, I think it's still a, a fun movie to watch. Her, was Amanda Plummer's juice ever sweet? Man, I don't Here, know. Here's the only thing that's fun about it. Seriously, I, and I I love cable junk as as much as the next person. But the only thing without without Walken and Mortensen their performances, it's it's when it's he when fun. he used to read X Force, Wayne McNamara loves cable junk. I like I like <laughs> Codius in it, and Codius was like the best part of Shooter, which we just which we saw a couple of weeks. He ago. had the worst hairpiece for uh, the prophecy because they were like, "You're a lead, and you have a receding hairline. Here here's a dead animal." To. But you could drop Cody's in like any movie. And the, the mistake was it was a bald animal. <laughs> he was good in that fucking movie with uh, Denzel Washington. It's really stupid. The jumping from body to body movie. Oh, Fallen. We've already talked yeah. about that. Fallen. Roy- Fallen's but, a blast. I can't believe yeah. you're ripping the prophecy. I think it's a good film. Nightbreed. It's a weird fucking film, though. Have we done Nightbreed? You've. You do. Like, I think you do it every show somehow. <laughs> it's no. It's known for the jokes. You know it, we, the creepiest part of so Nightbreed to me. Made. The what? creepiest part of Nightbreed to me is Cronenberg. Uh, I'm death. Hit that mask. It's so fucked up in that Play movie. Decker. All right, we won't talk about Nightbreed. Fuck off, Nightbreed. Good. Sling Blade, boring. <laughs> That's a boring discussion. Because you know, Mike is just going to break out his Billy Bob impersonation and do it for like 20 minutes. Cronenberg also good in Sling Blade. <laughs> Time code, excitement. Go back, go back to sling, <laughs> go back to sling blade. I want to see sling blade on well, four know, screens. All of you're a breaking the rules, man. You can't just look and yeah. put it back. The these are one, these are one word explanations of the film. Silence of the Lambs. There's a there's a done discussion for. that's never been done. Who's in that movie, Nick? I think it was William McNamara. I think it was Silence of the Man. You're bad at picking movies off your shelf. King of New York. Oh, that's good. Classic. Another Chris Walken. That's where I got most of my gangster cred. Uh, I've never seen this one. You haven't seen King of New York? No, you I never fucking saw asshole. King of New York. It's great. What's the, the director, what, say his name? Abel Ferrara. I used to have the that poster. That's the weirdest though. name, man. Cain and Abel, I guess. 
Abel Thank, Ferrara. Thanks, Justin. I for mean, that you, biblical know, do you know anybody discussion. else? Name Abel. Yes. Who? Abel Marchand and Abel Smith. Who? Able-bodied sailors. <laughs> William, the, Ma- William McNamara. It was also the uh, Fishburn versus Snipes. What the one, movie? One, one oh, was yeah, you're right, right. Yeah, one, one, it's, one it, was no, the lead cop, and one Caruso. was the second in command criminal. It's got Caruso, and it's got the villain from uh, Romeo Must Die, the the Asian guy. No, the other guy. <laughs> he played a cop. It's the a guy, good movie. Who's the villain in uh in Romeo Must Die? The Asian guy. Russell Wong, he's one of the cops. Oh, right, 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 right. And uh, it's got, uh, obviously, Christopher Walken. It's got the best argument about root beer. Who, where's my root beer? And then he kills the man. No, it's a fried chicken. No, no, no. There's a, sea, there's a root beer discussion. But there's a fried chicken one, too. Well, of course. Right, because <laughs> Snipes was taunting somebody about, well, yeah. it's, it's a very racially sensitive movie. So the black characters were arguing about fried chicken, and when Fishburne finally catches up, to Snipes and gets a drop on him as he's filling them full of the oblivion. Fried chicken? He, he taunts him about fried chicken. He fed him fried chicken? No, he's like, where's my fried chicken? And he busts out some KFC and he's like, here you go. And he has a little roll and some potatoes. And then, they, and, they look as they, and then he goes to KFC and they go, oh, he's one of our frequent customers. And the racial sensitivity continues. <laughs> and then they they ride to KFC in a boat across the ocean. I'm, I'm going to have to boycott this, this podcast. <laughs> This isn't good. <laughs> Steve. See, pull off your hood so we can hear you. <laughs> that's a good movie, though. How's that DVD? It looks like it's pretty special. Yeah, that's the second second version. The first one was Asshole. This they always talk about doing a sequel to it. I guess maybe it's a little too late now. Yeah, this is loaded. Not a lot too, of survivors. Through this set. Walking. <laughs> he does not live. It's commentary with director <laughs> Abel Ferrara. Remember? They were going to still have commentary a sequel with, him, with Mary Kane. With who? who? She's the producer. Oh. The producer, editor, composer. This is exciting discussion. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, I never saw it. It's a very good movie. The coolest. I mean, it's, the it's, a, it's very good from the from the New Jack City era. It was like, you know, it was like when when that when those kind of films you can make those kind of urban crime flicks, and it wasn't just a, a ATM withdrawal for some poorly conceived actor. And it, that was like the last film too that that like rappers glommed onto as ripping off like every name every attitude oh, yeah. or whatever like you know biggie smalls called himself frank that's White not true the, yeah, actually was... the last movie was fried green tomatoes i think is that that was fried chicken tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> i mean you had scarface I mean, it's pretty much scarface and king of new york isn't it yeah those are those are the main two i wasn't gonna there's a little bit of carlito's way but but yeah, that's a those... scarface light yeah those yeah. are like the top two hip-hop rip-off films. scarface light was in who's the boss right <laughs> Steve failed to to, uh, to to tally off one of the special features Wesley Snipes uh, f- fried chicken recipe, <laughs> which is which is actually the only feature that's different than the original special edition. Well, that the, was one of the last Larry Fishburns, wasn't it? Before he turned into Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, and then and then now he's Sir Thaddeus Fishburne, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Okay, I want to make a quick comment. Can you believe Bono is a is a knight? Now they knighted that fuck. But you, you can't call him sir. No, you, no. Sir Bono. You can't call him that. Talk about a worthless title. Speaking of growing pains, remember that one of the characters on Growing Pains was uh, Boner. <laughs> that was uh, that was Kirk Cameron's friend. Anybody care about the English knighthood anymore? Well, I, I think do. I think Bono's done enough work for the world to get a knighthood. Yeah, Why but not? he erased a lot of that with Zoo TV. Ah. What, Micah? <laughs> 
you have a, a, a brilliant YouTube comment. Uh, no. Or you just want that fried chicken no. recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Please. How Fire about I tap dance for it? <laughs> Fire up the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got a banjo handy? <laughs> I have kazooie. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all it takes to get rid of this microphone from the that, that recipe's fucked up too because it's like uh, <laughs> in, as ingredient one go to KFC <laughs> <laughs> ingredient two take a right at the burning cross <laughs> ingredient three motherfucker <laughs> purchase said chicken <laughs> Go past ingredient for go past the white supremacy castle. <laughs> I keep going. Wasn't that a film, Harold and Kumar? Go to the white supremacy. Thanks for doing Denver when you're dead. I just Micah says fuck off. No, no, it. I just saw this movie great on cable. Movie. It is good. It's not Bo- great. But boat it drinks. Is fun. Actually, I had a little ga- Gabriel. Ga- what's her name? Gabriel Anwar. F- festival. I watched uh, Things to Do in Denver when you're dead and Body, Body Snatchers. Snatchers. Abel Ferrara movie. And you watched uh, Center of a Woman. I Just because you have to watch it every week. I didn't week. see it. What is this? Station <laughs> agent. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a quota. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the star of that film? <laughs> Station agent is one of the better short films I've seen. <laughs> that's the that's uh, the one with Tiny Curtis. <laughs> oh. God, Tiny Curtis. Rebecca DeMini. <laughs> uh <laughs> Halfling Rames. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Bud and, Short and and and, and Richard Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's how Dinklage got a start. He actually doubled for Thomas's mole. Still stunt doubling. <laughs> he also was in Ghost Story. He was the Peter Dinklage. <laughs> That almost sounds like the description of what happened. You actually brought two worlds together, two beautiful worlds together in that one. The the penis from Ghost Story with Dinklage all together <laughs> well, I mean, in one. I mean, honestly, it's it's like, it almost sounds like shrinkage. It's like <laughs> when you happen to fall from a building and your dick is twirling clockwise. It sounds like shrinkage, then you see Dinklage. it. And then it is you're, shrinkage. You're experiencing Peter <laughs> Dinklage. <laughs> actually, Dinklage was too big for that role. <laughs> he also got fired off at 28 days later <laughs> why <laughs> he stuck too much out of the undergrowth ah there's nothing oh, like fucking, a good midget uh, joke Killian Murphy penis joke there station agent's a lot of fun actually as much as we use him for jokes we love Peter Dinklage he's great he's fantastic yeah yeah god he's short <laughs> <laughs> how big is his fan base Bigger than him. <laughs> isn't cut short? Isn't cut? Speaking cut short, speaking of fan bases, short. like bases to actual rotating fans, bigger than Dinklage. Sponsored by Futterman's Peanut Butter.
available in all 39 states. chosen a few and uh, hope you like them. I'll be reading from Scott Rosenberg's draft of The Dirty Dozen. This is the character of Murder Man. We cannot change what we are. You can ask a crocodile to go to the prom. You can dress her in a gown and buy her a corsage. But chances are, when you go to take a piss, you'll return to find that the crocodile has eaten the band. Because, try as she might, she is a crocodile. It is in her very DNA to devour things, just as it is in our very DNA to fuck shit up. You cannot change this, Callahan. All you can really do is choose not to take a crocodile to the prom. Thank you. I'll uh, join you next time with a dramatic reading from the footnotes of Roy Jenkins' biography of Winston Churchill. Goodbye, friend. Hey guys, um, big uh, Greg Henry fan. I uh, loved him in Slither and Payback and, uh, you know, the Brian De Palma films. Anyway, I'm starting a uh, Greg Henry uh, fan page on GeoCities. I was wondering if you guys could help. I, I have some information, obviously, about him. I get, you know, his birthplace, where he grew up, you know, his likes and dislikes, but I don't, I don't know if his love interest, his girlfriend or whatever. So I was wondering if you guys could tell me, uh, Who's Henry Henry Fonda? Hey, it's Ian. I just got back from seeing Morrissey in Seattle, and that was not so much fun. Five guys tried to give him a hug, and one girl did. Two of them were choked. Yeah, I should be asleep. Oh, and I'm going to be in Los Angeles over the next week or so. If anyone wants to catch up with me, you can hit me at my email. I'll be easy to spot because I'll be the one that's terrified, but not a girl. Yeah. Hey, my brother's getting his doctorate, and I was thinking, Nick, that I should probably get a raise. But I don't think clearly.
Hey, uh, Chud Show, this is um, uh, a fan uh, calling in. Uh, I have an idea for a movie. I'm not sure you guys take those, um, but let's listen up anyway. Um, I have an idea about kind of setting the world of uh, parking attendants, and we kind of follow our hero, gets a job kind of at a, a kind of a low-rent restaurant. You know, it's just, you know, maybe experimenting with that and then maybe moves up into upper echelons of uh, restaurant uh, parking. I thought it could be called Valet Girl. Because, uh... Alright, goodbye. Back. Back by popular demand. By William McNamara jokes. What do you think, <laughs> Justin? I, I wish you would let me talk about Emily Rose. The exorcism of... Why do you want to talk about Emily Rose? I just saw it. It's bad. No, it's not bad. It's not bad, actually. It's not bad at all. Yeah, it's kind of freaky in a way. Yeah, it is. Audrey Rose is very freaky. Emily yeah. Rose is boring. You saw it recently, Steve? Uh, I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I saw it on TV about It's got some freaky shit. Ago. I like the girl on it. Yeah. She's, she's on the Dexter. Yeah, she's good in that. The creepy thing is there was no uh, like prosthetics. It was all her creepy-ass face. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very odd uh, performance, I think. She's an odd actress, but she's very good in it. It's very good. I mean, but I like the, what the if you're trying to hook up with Emily Rose? That's why I kept thinking. She like, kind of had a boyfriend in that movie that kind of hung out. Oh, yeah, it is. No. And he held her right in the night. That'd be the wrongest. There's no way I'd be doing that. I'd be out the window. I'd be like, driving to Canada, which I think is where they filmed it. But and The scene in the barn really creeped me out when I saw it. Yeah. But the you scene, sure that wasn't Charlotte's Web? No. He asked, him, he asked the demon to list all the names, and it's... He goes through all the names. It's it's, a, it's an effective movie. Yeah, like he that. woke up. Mary woke up in her room, and she's on the floor, and she's like twisted, staring at him with black right. eyes. That's God, that's the yeah. soon as I would call off the date. That's the best way to leave a woman <laughs> you know? staring at you through black eyes. It was a good <laughs> film. I liked it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Steve liked Exorcism of Emily Rose. I yeah, can't believe I it. I did. So yeah. so I so that's film number one then. Yeah. That you right. like, so let's okay. We're, what are we doing here, Nick? Oh yeah, we're doing our lineage uh, segment where we trace the uh, the route a film takes to the next. Uh, what 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 in, you know what build how to build a film reverse engineering. Do we from its begin source. with Emily Rose? Can we use those? I, one of the I think I thought it was. How did you get to Emily Rose? Okay. From Blazing named, Saddles. I thought we named two films and then we from Blazing Saddles. Yeah. How did you? How did they? How in how in the world did Emily Rose originally originate from Blazing Saddles? Oh no. I mean that's weird. That's a weird. That's a weird. That's a weird film to to have inspired Emily Rose. I mean there are similarities. Okay. I mean, the campfire scene and Emily Rose being one. And uh, a horse is hung in both films. Really? Yeah, they hung a horse. Both films. Or I think you meant the horse was hung in both films. No, he did not have a big dinklage. He was. Uh, that's that's a, that's a fucking oxymoron. The horse, sent, the horse was sent to the gallows in both films. That was in uh, Brown Bunny. <laughs> wow. Are we talking about Zodiac or Emily Rose? Because then uh, Chloe Svigny would have... Okay, fit. I think I got it. All right, Justin. Svigny? Follow me on this one. Blazing seven, Saddles. Seven, oh, excuse the fuck out of me. All right, Justin, let's hear it. Blazing Saddles originally was Richard Pryor set the star. Correct? I think so. Yeah, he co-wrote it, right? Well, he originally said the star, and they said no, because he's too controversial, I think, or something. And so then, in Exorcism of Emily Rose, you couldn't pry her demons from her. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I mean, I think we solved it. That's what they said about Superman 3. The exorcism was ineffective. Is that correct? (laughs) Am I wrong? You could not pry her demons. 
That's one, way to, that's, uh, uh, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. That's it. I thought we were going to trace like a, a, a series, of, a series <laughs> of films. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I like that. That's Next. good. That's good. <laughs> You're welcome. Congrats. Oh, that, that's All right. So Justin, name another film, and then Steve can name an, another film. So I, I can name any film that I want? Please. Okay. How about Three Men and a Little Lady, the sequel to Three, Three Men, Men and a Baby? baby. Three men and a little lady. And the prequel to three actors without jobs. <laughs> Steve, what's the other film that we have to? Uh, the other connect? film would be. Um, it would be uh, Salt and Sea. <laughs> <laughs> the Val Kilmer directed video <laughs> film, The Salt and Sea. Of course, it would be Salt and Sea. Okay, how do you get? How do you get from three men, a little lady? Okay, I know this one. I know this one. No one knows why they made three men, a little lady. Vincent D'Onofrio. No one knows. Yeah, his, <laughs> he did not have a nose in in the uh, Salton Sea. There you go. But they, I, they, I have to uh, poke holes in your theory. Um, they, I do know why they made three men, a little lady, because the three men and a baby was a hit. So I forgot this is serious. Invalidated, <laughs> invalidated. Threat to buy. Think, Some, yeah, think, think outside the. Who's the star of Three Men and a Little Lady? Who's the star? Nancy of? Travis. God, she was in it. I bet you she's got a red bush. Steve, Steve yeah, Steve Gutenberg. Think yes. her juices are still sweet. Ted Danson. Think Ted her juices are still sweet. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Okay. But who is the girl? The little girl, I have no idea. Yeah, but Salt and Sea, Val Kilmer, who else is in it? Directed by Vincent Leonard Nimoy. Okay, hmm. Leonard Nimoy directed Two Men and a Little Baby. I think he did the second one too. Did he? He did the first one. He did the first one. Well, I don't know if he did the second one or not. That's why I said what I wasn't the fuck sure was, if he did What the, the fuck one. was keeping him busy at the time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might have been the excellent Star Trek Five. He turned it down. He's like, I can't make this movie. I got to do this weird thing with my hands. <laughs> At one point in time, Gutenberg, he had two franchises. Yeah. The Police Academy Academy. franchise and the Three Men and Little Lady. And his Bible publishing thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was his old Paul. So, Gutenberg. Okay, so we got Gutenberg. Right. And then, how do you get from Gutenberg to. German people loved very bad things. Yeah? Gutenberg. That joke's going to take some research for some people, I think. But I think it's a great joke. German people loved when the Titanic crashed. (laughs) They were actually upset. Are you kidding? They were just fucking hiling all over town, doing goose steps and saluting the sky. Yeah, they were. That's all the Germans do. They make funnel cakes and worship Hitler. Okay. Oh, that's right. God damn, he had three. He had three. So, no, 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 not true. No, he, he was the only first the first one. one. Yeah. The, the only the real star of that franchise is Dinklage. Because he was short. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Johnny, F- <laughs> Peter Dinklage circuit. That was the Fisher Stevens franchise. Oh God, it was. He was who did, both. Who did the voice though? Johnny Five. <laughs> Who's Johnny? She said. Tim Blaney. And smiled in a special way. Who's Johnny? Is that the barge? She said. That's the barge, isn't it? Peter yes, Dinklage is short. Uh, wasn't I it the barge that's saying, repeat who's everything Johnny? you're saying? Oh, the barge, yeah. yeah. 
See, I know, I know him in the American term as the DeBarge. Johnny Five. <laughs> Nine conversations at once. Speaking of, sound, we sound like Fat Punk. <laughs> <laughs> you could not pry his demons away. Yeah, I don't know. I actually, I'm stumped about the three man a little I later kinda, too. I think I already did that. Let's try something else. Try another <laughs> film here. I, yeah. I can start the film off. What do you got? We got uh, Dante's Peak. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dante's Peak. Eh? Yes. With old Pierce Nick, Bronson. you come up. Honey, you pick up. You pick one. Uncommon Valor. <laughs> <laughs> Explain Uncommon Valor to people who may have unfortunately never seen it because it's a great film. Um, it's about a rare form of valor. <laughs> <laughs> the bond between men who fought in Vietnam. Then they go back to rescue. They POWs. go back to rescue Frank, the son of Gene Hackman. And it, it, they, they, a whole bunch of his uh, cronies from the from the from the NAMI or go back to get him, and that was the sequel. Shit to, blows up. That I was the sequel. Uh, oh, sorry, the prequel to Bat Two One. Bat Twenty One. Oh, even better. No, said the poster. It was, that. They had a similar theme: rescuing what, your fallen brethren. What's up? But the Uncommon Valor Squad, a lot of them didn't live. No, but they're great actors: Fred Ward, Red Brown, Randall Tex Cobb, Pat Swayze, Harold Washington, Tim Thomerson. Good Tim Thomerson, yeah. Jim, Gene Hackman. Red Brown got, he blew himself up on the bridge, yeah. correct? Yeah, that was, that was foreshadowed stuff. when he talked about blowing shit up. Milius direct that? Yeah. He had to be, because Red he? Brown was in it. Well, Red Brown was yeah. in it. No. Oh, it was Ted Kotcheff. Oh, wow. Who, yeah. Who did, did he do First Blood? Who yes. was this? Yes, Ted Kotcheff, yeah. Yes, was Hackman did. the star Milius of Milius wrote that, because I believe. Because Cosmatos did the second one. Hackman was the star of that? Yeah. What about Ward? Did he survive? I think Ward lives. Okay. So then you and you want to get to Dante's Peak, which is a Pierce Brosnan cr- film, correct? Pierce Brosnan, Linda Hamilton, epic. Best known for them driving on lava. Indeed. Tires do not catch fire. They sizzle a little. One of the last performances of the guy in the thing the, with the, the head the head crab. Richard Dysart. Yeah. He, before he died. The head <laughs> The head crab. The original the head, head crab. crab. Also the last performance by Dante's Peak. The mountain. Linda Hamilton was in that, was she? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She was. She's a. She was not good, but it was better than. She Volcano. wasn't. Was she the love interest? Yes. Help us all. She had brown hair in that, didn't she? I don't remember. She's shit. It was right after Goldeneye. Was she rocking the? Um, was it? It was right before Volcano. The T right? two physique. Yeah. I think it made it out. I liked before. it better than Volcano. No, I liked Volcano better. Well, Time I don't like Jones. either film, but I thought Donnie's Justin's was at excited. Least more, uh, that's a yawn you just caught in full glory. We're talking about Dante's Peak. What do you expect? Right, well, what's the next film then? No, we haven't done this one yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop complaining. We're supposed to. We're supposed to link one to the other. Well, here, I do know that. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I was going to say something really, 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 really rude. rude, really mean, really raunchy. Yeah. They use, they use Hamiltons to fund, on Common Valor. I imagine. Really. You can do it that way. I don't get it. Alexander. I'm not even going to help you. And, and they, hacked, they hacked a man <laughs> in the thing that ended up in Dante's Peak. Remember they hacked? Or maybe his head just came off. They flamethrowed him. I can't remember. Hacked. It would be flame through him, right? <laughs> Isn't that proper English? <laughs> Devin Faraci calling in. I'm going to talk about Spider-Man 3. 
seeing people who complain about the dance scene in Spider-Man 3 makes me incredibly sad. How can you have been a fan of Sam Raimi's films and not see that dance scene as the culmination of so much of what he's been doing all along? The Spider-Man movies have always been a little bit square. Uh, that's part of the whole point of them, is that Sam Raimi's making a Spider-Man movie as if he was uh, living in, like, 1965. And that's great. And that's why the dance scene partially works. Part of it is because of Sam Raimi's incredibly uh, kinetic and, 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 and excited style. He's so in love with the scene that it really just seeps through the frame. But also because Peter Parker's a square character. And going to a jazz club and dancing a little bit crazy, that's Peter Parker... Uh, at his most extreme. And it shouldn't be that Peter Parker's sitting at a bar and knocking back whiskey like Superman 3. It should be that this is what Peter Parker's like under the influence of the symbiote. He's a little bit more aggressive. He's a little bit more silly. Uh, but the thing is that his concept of what's cool is a little bit different than what everybody else's concept of, what cool, of what, what's cool is. So when he's walking down the street snapping his fingers, that's Peter Parker at his most ladies' man-esque. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's a real understanding of the character. It's using the character and not just pandering to some kind of deep-seated need for darkness and grittiness. Because that's about as dark as this guy's going to ever get. So the people who don't like the dance scene in Spider-Man 3, I think it's time to just give up on movie going altogether. Uh, you have no love of, of cinema. You have no love of the kind of joy that can come across in a scene like that. Uh, you're not willing to have fun at the movies. And that's just too bad. So, uh, you know, there's always going to be Stargate SG-1 for people like you. All right, this is Micah with the podcast crew. Um, weighing in just like Devin is on Spidey 3. Like, here's the deal. Uh, I did compare to Batman Forever unfavorably because, quite frankly, it's just not as good a film. I didn't pile on Batman Forever like everyone else did because... Quite frankly, I thought it was whatever the silliness that people take uh, exception to, the uh, the butt being shown, um, the tool-up sequences, the general tone, that's what Schumacher did from the start. That works within the rules of that movie. And the comic books before Batman became all modern and dark, as everyone knows them, uh, had a little bit of that. And there is some darkness in Batman Forever, too. So it was almost like a really good job, even though people didn't realize it, of kind of packing together everything about the Batman comics at work. Um, additionally, it has uh, multi-villains, just like Spidey does, but they actually have a reason to work together rather than like a two-second thrown-together sequence in an alley in the last ten minutes of the movie. Um, better butler, better acting, which it pains me to say, even with Carrie's and uh, Tommy Lee Jones is hamming it up, but it is. Uh, it's just more fun, more enjoyable. Um, I, it, down the line, uh, a better movie. Sorry, it is. Uh, why compare it to Batman and Robin? I don't compare them directly, but as for what they mean to the franchise, uh, I think Spidey 3 just absolutely bobbles everything that came before it just as badly as Batman and Robin did, where Joel Schumacher, still in the silly universe, just completely lost his mind. And uh, don't get me wrong, Batman and Robin is nowhere near being a good movie. It is a travesty. But it's an entertainingly bad travesty. Spider-Man 3 is a travesty. It is not entertainingly bad. It is just dull and uh, so many missed opportunities. Such a shame all around. Um, and I think uh, it's only going to get worse as people get further and further away from from the film and the exhilaration of being able to see it on that open night in a packed audience and whatever. 
people are just going to turn on it. So, um, hey, I know it's, it has its defenders. Uh, you guys are welcome to it. Honestly, I really would take the Schumacher films over it. I'm not saying it to be contrarian, but I'm saying it because I believe it. Forever Batman, Batman Forever, better film than Spider-Man 3. That's why. Has time made it impossible to differentiate between the careers of Eric Thal, Vincent Spano, and Billy Worth? I look forward to your answer. Bye. Nick Denziata reporting in from home. After all of this backlash to Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, here we go, Spider-Man 3, which is the Star Wars of uh, this generation. No, it's not. Fucking Puppet Master is the uh, Star Wars of this generation. Everybody's all fucked up about Spider-Man 3, and I know Mike and Devin have covered this already, so I'm not going to go overboard. But here's what I have for the people who were drastically offended by this movie and, and felt very betrayed. What the fuck were you expecting? Fucking third movie in a superhero trilogy. Anyway, but that's not really why I'm calling. What I'm calling about is another travesty in the film business where you know how like some people can have a great body of work and one little glaring thing completely ruins it for them whether it be um you know how mel gibson who has been very good for a long time now is hated by the world because of his uh his comments about those crazy hebrew folk and he deserves his uh, his 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 repercussions but it doesn't belittle belittle his previous work at all same thing goes for alec baldwin and his daughter uh, Ike Turner and his minor abuse and stuff like that. And, and there's a recent case of that, which I think is almost the worst of the bunch. Someone who put in great work for a long time and got nothing uh, in, the lo- in, the long, in the long haul. Nothing. People have no respect anymore, despite the amount of work he's done. And I'm talking about Peter North. Um, all the good work the man's done, directing, producing, writing, fucking, all that stuff, he takes one giant dick in the ass from humongous Rick Donovan, and all of a sudden he's a, he's a piece of shit. And granted, the film was done ages ago. The bigger the better, if you're looking for a rental. So what? He bottomed. He took one. He took a large cock in his ass. What's the problem? What about all the cocks he's put in asses and in other places? And what about the, the, the volleys that have come across the room the man has shot? Is there no respect for that? In the wake of Spider-Man which is a pittance, I think we really need to focus on the real tragedy, and that is this. Just because Humongous Donovan gave it to him does not in any way cheapen the work of Peter North. And if you have a problem with that, fuck you. All right, I got a question for you guys. Um, which, uh, which, if you could have any celebrity help you move, uh, who would you pick? Any celebrity you had, you could pick anyone. I'd pick, I'd pick uh, Bruce Boxleitner. Hey, this is um Jason Becker again, and I just want to thank you guys for answering my question about Ghost Rider. Um, and I wanted to, like, 
just say that you guys are right to make fun of me in the way I talk with the pros and shit on the phone. I'm cool with that. I mean, I get it. It's fine and hilarious and funny, and I'm going to play that for all my friends. Now, uh, the question was asked, what comic book that I write or have written? And that's cool, because um, now I can do some self-promotion. Uh, I wrote a comic book called Killing Pikmin that is going to come out in August from Arkeos, Arkea Studios Press, who did a book called Mouse Guard. And you guys should talk about how great that company is, because it is great. Anyway, um... I don't really agree about with your joke about Jennifer Hudson. I would wreck that girl. She's got so much, like, like breast and, like, behind. I would just wreck Jennifer Hudson. Like, I would destroy her vagina with my penis by having sex with it. Anyway, um, also I wrote a comic book called Hero Core the Rookie uh, and Dave Davis had a quote on the back of it, uh, as well as Sean Fahey. They, they both did quotes for the back of Hero Core the Rookie, which is pretty cool. So you guys are actually cited on the back of my book. Um, I, the question I have now is, why do people fucking care why, what like anybody thinks about anything? Why can't people just have their opinion and not give a shit? Like if you say that the Transformers fucking suck, um, why does anybody give a shit? Why do people get mad at you if you fucking hate the Transformers or Ghost Rider or anything? Why do they get mad at you when you like something that they don't? What the fuck is wrong with people that they don't value your own, their own opinion enough that they have to get pissed at you for thinking something fucking sucks or something fucking great that they don't like? Who gives a shit? I mean, I value my opinion above all others because fuck, man. Why not? Why give a shit? about what other people think. You should talk about that. And you should also talk about, um, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, talk about fuck. That would be great. Talk about Hanzo the Razor. Ooh, that's a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, go buy it and then watch it. And also, um, fucking Pathfinder. You guys should go see that and then talk about it because that movie should be called fucking I Hate Native Americans because they're stupid. Howdy, it's Micah again. Uh, Fresh off my woefully inadequate defense of Batman Forever and condemnation of Spidey 3. Here's the deal. One of our readers, one of our lovely readers, just mentioned Pathfinder, saying that we should go see it. You know what? Ahead of you, buddy. Justin and I shelled out the money. We took the time out. We paid. And when I say pay, I mean in every sense of the word, uh, seeing that movie. Um, here's the deal. You fuck up cowboys versus, uh, not cowboys, Indians versus Vikings. Um, you probably shouldn't be directing too many other things. Marcus Nispel, the guy who directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a bunch of really glossy music videos. Uh, apparently, great idea, conceptually. Not even a lot of dialogue. And then, rather than having Indians versus Vikings... There's one half-Viking Indian playing a lot of practical jokes on Vikings. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, you remember the Punisher, of course, uh, the movie version, of course. He uh, gets off on uh, 
typical uh, parking ticket pranks and things like that, you know, because bullets, eh, what effect is that going to have on mobsters? Now, a prank, oh my God, you humiliate them, look out. So, okay, so Pathfinder, the main character, and that is his name, uh, he actually uh, takes the same lesson. He's like, you know, killing the Vikings would be good, playing practical jokes on them better. So uh, we get such inspired gags as the old, uh, hey, let's walk over thin ice. I'm going to crack it. You guys fall in from King Arthur. Ah, but here's the twist. Pathfinder falls in with them and gets frozen under the ice. That's how smart and skillful he is. He's just great. Uh, Then there's the other gag where he gets the Vikings to go up a mountain, uh, tie rope amongst all of them, you know, so that if one falls over, they could catch him. Uh, he clunks the last Viking on the head. That Viking falls over. The penultimate Viking, supposed to do the catching, didn't really get the memo, didn't work out well. Um, lots of Vikings fall. More comedy. Uh, then the best part, Carl uh, Urban, halfway through the movie, inadvertently kills almost all of the fighting Indians that could possibly help them. And, oh, man, that's just a freaking scene of beauty, the look on his face. Um so aside from that and the concept, Pathfinder is a, a road to fuckery. And um, unless you really, really like blue-gray filters, I'm going to say that you should stay away from it. So we suffered so that you didn't have to. Bye-bye. Uh, Judge Joe, um, I, got a, I got a question um, that I need answered. Uh, who, who is the most fabulous baker uh, boys, Dylan Baker or Kathy Baker? Uh, please answer that question on your very next show. Thank you.